Welcome to the Dick Den Podcast. It is about to get weird, friends. I'm your host, Rachel Z. Lamasus, sex educator, funny gal sitting in a room full of dicks, talking dicks, butts, and all things sex. Welcome back, friends. It is Wiener Wednesday. On today's episode, we are talking about Burning Man. If you don't know what Burning Man is, don't worry. I got you. I did not know what Burning Man was either until 2018. I saw a Facebook post for this nonprofit called Burning Wish to send cancer survivors or cancer patients to Burning Man. I was there for cancer card trips that year. So I applied and next thing I know, I find out I'm going to Burning Man. I honestly, when I first started Googling, I was like, well, this is pretty extreme. I don't know what in the fuck I've gotten myself into. I also have this impression of Burning Man, like people were like hyping it up way too much because through all my research, I would... I see these people that were so fucking jazzed about 169 days till the man burns. But when I got there, it exceeded my wildest expectations. And I knew that I was going back every year until I was over it. 81 days till the man burns. I am one of those people now. Let's talk a little bit about what Burning Man is, okay? Burning Man is a week-long event that takes place in the Black Rock City, which is a dried-up lake bed and a couple hours outside of Reno. Now, this event is made up of a giant temporary city. Nothing exists in Black Rock City aside from the Burning Man times. Burning Man isn't just a festival. It is an entire event, an entire community, an entire city. You can find almost anything in at Burning Man, okay? Whether you're into yoga, EDM, art cars, drugs, techno music, rave stuff, bars, boozing, drinks, drugs, orgies, anything, not even just that. It is a gifting society. There are camps that give out hot dogs or snow cones or have a bakery or do burlesque performances, dildo races. There's an entire adult section of camps, dildo stuff, shibari courses, take pictures of your genitals, make pasties, all the things. On top of that, there's art, music, interactive stuff, burns. It is the wildest place on earth. I cannot stop raving about how incredible and life-changing Burning Man is. By like my first year, by like day four, I was fucking ready to go. It's not that Burning Man wasn't amazing, but I was hot. My ass was so chafed 
from riding bikes and I hadn't ridden a bike in 15 years and my ass was so chafed and then my legs were sore because I was riding the bike standing up because I couldn't sit my sore ass on the seat. I was ready to go. But this nice man offered me a shower in his RV and that fucking shower was game changing. Game changer. So the following year, I knew that I wanted to get involved with a camp, and I also knew that I wanted to be involved with showers, because showers are like an amazing luxury out there. I joined the Black Rock French Quarter the first year. I did Build Week. I went out a week early and met some fucking incredible people, some of my closest Burning Man friends. Y'all know who you are inadvertently became the shower camp leader just because I was the only person there during build week from the shower camp. So anyway, that year was great. I went back, then COVID happened. So there wasn't Burning Man for a few years, but last year was my first year back post COVID. I took on a greater responsibility. I decided to be in charge of shower camp and we did the most amazing Storyville showers. Now, since we're the Black Rock French Quarter, obviously that's very Enola vibes. New Orleans has a very long and notable history with brothels. Look, sex work is the oldest profession. Storyville was this famous red light district within New Orleans. So naturally, I decided to name the showers. And then we also did a costuming lounge. So leading a camp is a lot of fucking work, but it was so incredibly rewarding. It was so hot and so hard and so dust storm. It was challenging for just a variety of reasons. I'm camping with seven of my closest friends. And we had set up this like little camp of our own, like this little pod section. And we had all the things, okay, because I am a thrifter and a reseller as well. So we had the hippest spot in town. We had all the chairs. We had shade. We had good food. We had loungers. We had solar lights. We were the place to be. And that was even before people found out in my camp that I do wieners and butts. After I started talking about dicks and butts and lingam massage and prostate massage, if we were popular before because we had the cool spot, we became instant fucking celebrities once people in my camp realized that I did buttholes. These men, of course, they were curious about the wiener part too, but I was talking about things like edging and lingam massage and prostate massage, and there were dudes stopping by our area just like listening to me talk, just they were so interested and so intrigued, and I was like, Fuck yeah. I've always thought it was lame that celebrities complain about privacy and lack thereof. And, but that was before I became a Burning Man 
French Village celebrity. I was the butthole girl, and there were people there all the time interested in it. So I decided that I was going to host a Dicks and Drinks happy hour. My neighbor works at Major Brands and sent me with a bunch of extra booze. I'm going to do a wiener demonstration. I had toted my milking table all the way to Burning Man, all the way across country for dicks and drinks. Now, except for my milking table didn't make it to Burning Man. I lost it along the way. How do you lose a wiener table? Good question. Good question. So we were in Reno. I had met up with my friends and we had to unload my bus and then reload it. That way everything would fit because we were taking five bikes and all this extra stuff. We had unloaded the bus. It was late at night. The milking table is in a case. It's black. Somehow or another, it did not make it back onto the bus. So After I realized it was gone, I went in and asked the people whose parking lot we had used if they saw it. And then I was like dancing around the subject. I was like, it's a massage table. Anyway, it was long gone. Somebody came and took it in the middle of the night. I hope someone is having a great time with my milking table. But that was not going to stop me. I was still doing dicks and drinks. I was still doing the demonstration. And lucky for me, in our camp, we have a creepy finger bang massage guy. This guy literally, he sets up massage. And I'm sure he does a good massage. But he has creepy guy vibes. And I am assuming that all of this happens With consent, I'm not going to throw around wild accusations, but his entire purpose for coming to Burning Man is to finger bang, okay? He gets ladies in his tent, gets them all relaxed, and then finger bangs. He could not do finger banging this year, and he was fucking pissed. He was supposed to be on the shower team, but... I was like, look, man, like if you're going to be on the shower team, you got to do shower team stuff. You can't finger bang and then not do shower stuff and be on the shower team. So he was not pleased about that. But before we had that conversation, this man had the fucking audacity to ask me if in the shower budget we could provide and very specifically an Ikea futon so that he could take the finger banging activities off of his massage table within our budget. No, no, sir. If you want to bring an Ikea specifically futon, you're going to have to buy that, transport that yourself all on your own. So, finger banging guy has a massage table that I was like, yep, I'm sure he will support my mission, right? We still, we still massaging genitals. That was a go. 
Dicks and Drinks Happy Hour was on. We set it for later in the week. But in the meantime, everybody was so curious about what lingam massage was, what edging was, how do you prostate massage? And I think secretly, like a lot of the dudes were like, hey, but I'm like, nope, I'm off. I'll do a demo. And everybody volunteered at first before they realized that they were going to have to do this demo in front of well over a hundred people, then everybody got shy. They would come by and just ask questions all the time. There was this one guy who was a juggler. The juggler was definitely interested. So I was running a shower house. Do you have any idea how hard it was to not look at all the fucking wieners everywhere, like wieners everywhere. It was very hard. I already struggle with meat gazing through the pants, but when we're talking bear wieners, a lot of self-control for me to look, not to look all the time. But one day when the juggler was coming out of the shower, we made eye contact, right? We made eye contact and he opened up his towel and wiggled his wiener so that I could see it. And I saw it, but I refused to engage. I refused to engage. The juggler quickly went from his nickname being the juggler to the wiener waggler because he definitely waggled his wiener at me. The day finally comes and we do the dicks and drinks happy hour. We get all the ice, all the drinks, all the snacks. I showed up in a wiener suit, which again, I had specifically brought to Burning Man for this purpose, a giant inflatable wiener suit somewhere, which was Puerto Rico. And I got in the water and it fried the batteries. So my wiener would not rise to the occasion. And it was Fucking hot. I showed up to the party, a slightly deflated, sad wiener. I asked for a volunteer and there were a couple of people I had in mind that like I wanted to see their wieners. I wanted to volunteer Dr. Doogie specifically or Jay would have been fine too. Instead, scraggly hair guy, wild hair and I. Again, it's Burning Man, so a lot of people have wild hair. But this guy literally had the biggest fucking bush I have ever seen. Some of his pubic hairs were longer than his wiener. All together longer than his wiener. Which, honestly, isn't as uncommon as you would think. Because on the milking table, wieners are pointed down. And sometimes the balls are longer than the wiener. And sometimes... The ball hairs are longer than the wiener. I am not throwing shade about wiener size. I totally get it that men are insecure about the size of their wiener or self-conscious about it. And especially since there's nothing you can do about it. There's no way you can make it bigger. But I will say, as someone who does professional wieners, wiener size really doesn't matter. Whatever size dick you have, you just have to find your people, okay? 
just get in where you fit in. There are some people who love an undersized weenie. There are some people who love just a regular weenie. There are some people who are size queens. Myself, that's where I fall, but it doesn't really matter. Just get in where you fit in. Find your people who like that size. So, he volunteers. He has the biggest fucking bush I've ever seen. We get him up on my massage table. I'm doing the fucking thing. But this is where it gets like tricky because we had a master crowd of at least 50 to 75 people like coming and going. His erection was very hit and miss. Like it would ebb and flow and it it felt good to him. I know we were talking a lot. So I know that he was having a good time. But look, there is a lot going on. You are butt ass naked on top of a table in front of at least 50 people, if not 100. You are on full display and someone is touching you, giving a TED talk in a an entire demonstration. So it is completely understandable that he could not sustain an erection, but they loved it. I talked about edging and lingam and prostate massage. There were so many questions. It was such a great event. After the event, no surprise, multiple people were like, hey, I would take a private demonstration. I agreed for to get to do it to this one man. He was wearing a dress. I think he was gay, not because he had on a dress, because it's Burning Man and anything goes. Dresses are common. Dresses are comfortable, even in real world. We didn't talk about his sexuality, but I did get the impression from him that he was gay and he just wanted a good ass prostate orgasm. I knew what I was talking about. The gay men within our camp were like my biggest fucking cheerleaders, which was so fucking awesome. A lot of times there's so much stigma about men who like butt stuff. You could line up 1,000 men who I have had my finger in their butts and they loved it. But you could line them up and ask them publicly, do you like prostate massage? Have you ever had a prostate massage? And they would fucking say no. They would just bold-faced lie. Even though I know and they know that is a lie. This guy had the fucking most intense orgasms on finger bangs table in his private massage tent. I was like up on the table. His legs were over my legs. I was sitting there. I was just fingering his butthole, playing with his wiener. It was so fucking hot in there. There was no air circulation. It was like a sauna. He thought he was going to pass out from his O's. I thought I was going to pass out from the heat. It was one of the most incredible things that I've done at Burning Man, and I have done a lot of fucking incredible things at Burning Man, but I was so proud of it. Dicks and Drinks is this idea that I've had for a while, and Burning Man was my first ever test run. So I am so excited. 81 days till the man burns. I cannot wait 
to host a, another Burning Man Wiener Fest. This year, I'm thinking that maybe I will either do dicks and drinks at my current camp or maybe trying to hook up with a more sex positive camp. So if you're a burner and you're listening, you belong to a more adult sex oriented camp. Definitely let's talk because y'all are my people. Thank you so much for listening to the Dick Din podcast and join me here every single Wiener Wednesday as we talk about dicks, butts, and all things sex. If you loved it, leave a review, subscribe so you never miss an episode. I will see you later, my friends, and stay weird.